Hey guys, welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. Um, before we get into the Heather McGrath interview, I wanted to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. Uh, PicDrop's a really great tool for when you need to send off those files to your clients or whoever you're working with. Um, I've been using it for a little over a month now and really enjoy it. Uh, it allows me to create uh, custom galleries and different folders for various assignments I'm working on. And I can send them off to my clients and my clients can actually like write notes on the photos and rate them. It's really easy to use. Uh, it kind of has helped me kind of streamline my business and keep myself organized and have all my files in one spot. Uh, for years I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But with PicDrop, it was actually designed by photographers so they actually understand what photographers need. And like I said, I've really been enjoying it. Can't say enough about it. And with today's podcast, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. Um, so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. Without further ado, we'll get into the Heather McGrath interview here. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer and director Heather McGrath. Heather has worked with clients such as Bose, Jack Daniels, Reebok, Sony, and Sam Adams Beer, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Heather about how she went from working as a retoucher to becoming a full-time photographer, and I also speak to her about a recent fashion project she did for the agency Soldier Unlimited. Heather has a wealth of knowledge about photography and the photo business, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her and hear more about her story. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. Well, Heather McGrath, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for time to do taking time to do this. Thank you. Um, been following your work for years, so I was excited to actually sit down and talk to you about everything you got going on. Um, before we started, we were actually talking. You just got back from a cool trip. Where did you go? You went to Yosemite? I was in Yosemite and Oakland. Wow. Uh, it was my first time actually in Oakland, which was dope. And um, I was shooting my, my best friend starting her own magazine, and it's about the the in-between spaces of creativity where you're like, I have no ideas. I am dead. <laughs> you feel dead inside. And she's calling it the lull. Yeah. And so the magazine's called In the Lull. And it's like, how do you get out of those dead times? Mm. And she personally got out of her latest big dead time was um, through tarot cards. Interesting. Yeah. So we shot a whole editorial doing the first major arcana of tarot cards that's going to be the first photo spread but then there's going to be all these interviews with big artists and creatives and even engineers whoever like is inspiring her so your friend's a photographer too she's an art director art director so she art directed everything she's going to design the whole magazine such a smart idea yeah uh, and like that's stuff no one talks about and it's hard to find books about yeah because you feel like that sometimes because like looking at your website and everything i'll be like heather's probably just like always this creative always got <laughs> like for real like like we were, we were talking a couple weeks ago about like uh looking at people's websites and instagram and you can kind of create this like narrative that right. might not even be there but do you feel like sometimes you kind of get have creative ruts yourself 
I've been in a creative rut for four years. <laughs> really? <laughs> Majorly. Yeah, right. You've had some like pretty cool work lately. Uh, you f- why do you feel like that? Uh, I've, I'm very grateful that like I I do get great creatives with clients, and I have so many amazing people that collaborate with me on the regular that I am put producing a lot of work. Mm. But this this whole assignment actually was very very good for me because it finally felt like. I was doing work that really resembles who I am deep mm-hmm. down because it's one thing to like make work for advertising and like their their needs but like does it satisfy your soul in yeah. the end and like I'm I'm like the bounciest happiest person but I also like am very much in touch with like a dark side mm-hmm. so this was like a beautiful way for me to convey a darkness yeah. in some work and I haven't put darkness in my work since like 2013 yeah so i was like stoked (laughs) on this and and my best friend is we are like a little bit psychic together about our ideas Mm -hmm. so it was just flawless and Mm -hmm. flowing like we didn't even have a stylist or a makeup artist we just did it all ourselves yeah and and I just leaned reflectors against trees. <laughs> yeah, you don't need much. You know? No, no. Yeah, that's like the weird thing about this business. I don't know about you, but like you get into it, you have like these goals. And you, you, when you first start out, you're just so hungry to get clients. Yeah. And you, and you start getting work and it's great. And then you, you, you're starting to make money. But then you get to a point where like you can just start getting busy with being busy. And that's the get, problem. And then you forget like. Why did I start doing this? Yeah, and then you totally lose touch of who you were that got you even in this industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that, like you said, it's important to, like, just shoot stuff that you like. Right, right. And I've been trying really, really hard to maintain my integrity client-wise. Yeah. And always keep them in a vein of of what means a lot to me. And I think I'm doing good. I turned down a lot of work, too. Really? I'm like, this... I don't even want to make Well, send that. it my way. I'll give you my email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I'm like, I, I think it's great. And actually the, the art director, she's turning down work yeah. for like major, major brands. Yeah. And it's like, buttloads of money but she's like i'm dead yeah i'm so dead inside like there's got to be another way yeah it's how are you going to utilize your time um for the the future because it's like work on Mm -hmm. your own stuff and hopefully whatever you want to work on will come down the line i guess it's it's smart because like like you say you can just get busy being busy right um and like i'm doing video and photo now really and i'm like full hands-on with the whole process because i i really consider myself an artist like things have to look like me yeah and feel like me and i'm a bit of a control freak to a degree (laughs) but luckily i work with teams who who want to create that stuff yeah um and so like like i just had a project that lasted three months really and it was very very hard to even get an email out to get other work damn you know so it can so it really has to be worth my time Mm -hmm. too no it's, it's smart um i guess to go back a little bit like uh, where do you grow up and like how do you kind of initially get into photography I guess oh this is a fun one yeah <laughs> I'm actually from like um, Stoughton which is right near Brockton okay so 20 miles south of Boston yep um, and I started out as an illustrator like I was a kid who wanted to be a comic book artist and I got a scanner and a computer when I was 16 instead of a car and learned Photoshop just to color my illustrations like a comic book artist. And then, you know, I was 16 and then, you know, you're starting to like become, 
you know, you're still going through puberty. So like I had zits all over my face. So I was like, oh God, I'm going to learn how to take all these zits off in every photo and scan every photo and remove them. So I started retouching. Wow. Yeah. And you were just kind of learning like Photoshop back then, like this kind of through trial and error. Cause this is like probably before, like we were talking about like Linda and all these online. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was one magazine. Fuck. I'm forgetting the name of the magazine. It was this magazine out of the UK that you could buy for $15 a month with a CD-ROM and like how to do all of these things. Oh yeah, it would be the the magazine and have the CD-ROM stickered on it. That taught me Photoshop. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially I'm self-taught, but that was like the guiding thing that made me learn all layers and all like what you can do with anything interesting so yeah. you, you would just be kind of drawing and then kind of bring it into photoshop and kind of yeah i should find some illustrations what is it do you, what you kind of enjoy do you still like doing retouching and things oh i love retouching yeah it's a major part of what i offer too okay like no i'm i will call in other people to help me when i'm overloaded but mm-hmm. but like the like the major hard shit i have to do yeah 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 because got your touch on it yeah yeah, it's a hard thing to let go sometimes. Because I, yeah. I, I talk to some photographers and they kind of just like, they're like, yeah, I just shoot it and then I just send it to this guy. I don't know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like, uh, yeah, I guess everyone has their own workflow, but I guess you got to find the right partnership. It's like with any like. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's right. Any- I mean, I have people I call as my team like that I know are going to execute it exactly how I want it yeah. and I trust them. But so I started learning Illustrator. I went to graphic design school at CalArts. Oh, wow. But with the comic book illustration portfolio. So, like, I learned how to do Illustrator and, like, InDesign and back then was Quirk and, like, all these crazy old things that don't even exist really anymore. So, CalArts, that's, what, Southern California? Yeah, it's, like, L.A. Wow. Mm -hmm. What did you think, like, when you were going to school for graphic design, did you kind of, like, have any goal in mind what you thought you were going to do? I never thought I'd be a photographer. Okay. Period. No, I actually... I only did, well, I, at that time, I was obsessed with the movie The Matrix, so I wanted to do <laughs> motion graphics and, like, special effects. Like, if I was going to stay in that, that, uh, that was what I was going to do down the line. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I got sick of not drawing, so I switched into the animation program, mm-hmm. which it's the number one animation program in the whole world. Really? Yeah, it's like... If you're an animator, you want to go to KellArts. Makes sense because all the movies and stuff are out yeah, there. Yeah. Disney started the school. Holy shit. Yeah. It's a really, <laughs> really cool place. It was like really wild. And and then, so I switched in for my second year and then September 11th happened and I freaked out and moved back home. Interesting. Yeah. But meanwhile, I did have one photo class that, that was mandatory in design. Okay. And I remember f- doing horrible at it. And actually, my teacher is now a teacher here at School Museum of Fine Arts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and she, I remember her saying, your compositions are good, but this the rest of it's just crap. <laughs> 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 I just didn't care. And um, so, but also getting into photography, I had a long distance boyfriend back then. So I made like this one like pinup calendar with my friends oh really and then it spiraled into everyone wanted me to make a pinup calendar for for them for for their boyfriends interesting and then and then it just kept going and then everyone i made friends with a makeup artist in boston and she was like your retouching is really good like i want to introduce you to people and i actually one of the first people i ever worked with was michael andresano oh yeah and i was 19 wow and that was i'm 36 that's so, a long time ago. So you were like retouching or this assisting form? 
Just retouching. Damn. I just did a couple projects for him in the beginning, and then I was a graphic designer full time. Like I just jumped into design. Oh, so you moved back from uh, Cal Arts and yep. this kind of this kind of learned photography pretty much on your own, kind of. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. In between, I did do some retouching for Luster Color. It's like a portrait print lab. I don't even think they exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, I was twenty years old. You know literally making a living at retouching even if it was like portraits that's fucking awesome yeah and then jumped into commercial stuff yeah and then at 22 i was like fuck this i want to go to photo school okay yeah so that's interesting like yeah. when how was that experience because like you go work for industry i can't say his name correctly but yeah. um how was that experience because like that was, was amazing like just being that young and then that bright eyed mm-hmm. and having at that time like he was like the top like he was, he was a very high level photographer in town. Yeah, and I, I don't know, maybe he still is, but um, it was walking into the space and seeing what's possible. Yeah, he has a dope studio. He has I've a dope to- studio. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does, and that was really eye opening for me. As like, this could be your life. Yep, this is potential. And then going to school, already knowing Photoshop, yeah, and then learning basics, four by five film photography yeah so and it completely changed the way it retouched like being in a black and white print lab interesting yeah so where did you end up going to photo school is uh new england school of photography oh fucking awesome school yeah i know when it was in kenmore yeah i know now it's not there anymore so many good photographers we were talking about danny clinch he went went there jeremy claire weiss yeah from day 19 yeah i love them because yeah how was that experience i i never went to school there but i took some like uh like night classes there and i and i would rent darkroom space and the environment was so cool to like paint a picture of it it was like what three floors? Yeah, they had dark rooms you could rent, and like the whole class where you're there. How many people do you think were like in the? Floor? At that time, this was 2005 to 2006. I was like a Feb student, so I did a, a year and a half accelerated no okay. break. Yeah, and which they always say like the Feb students are the ones that really make it afterwards because <laughs> <laughs> we never took a break and had a summer. Um, all right, we're back. I apologize for that technical difficulty, uh, <laughs> but we're back. Um, we were talking about NISOP. Um, oh, yeah. How was your experience there? Because it is like, it was in uh, Kenmore Square in Boston, which was a really cool area of Boston. And uh, this is a really unique unique school, but how was kind of your experience there? I So I was the last film class to go through there, and then it was the digital after that. Yeah. So that was also even more unique. Um, and it created a family. Actually, like everyone in my life is at least one arm away from being a knee sopper. Yep. And, and that, not only like the technical stuff I learned, but like just creating that hub of people. And back then, I think there was like 70 something people in my class and I maybe 50, I'm trying to remember the numbers, maybe 60 graduated. So you literally know everybody pretty much. Yeah, it was a lot of people (laughs) and now they're all spread out too, which is cool because like I'll be in LA next week and I get to see my friend Adrian, who was my best friend at NISOP and I'm stoked to see her and she's working at Warner Brothers doing production and it's rad as shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say like that on top of the teachers, like uh dana smith and steve sheffield beat the shit out of me every dana's work is so amazing yeah like people i'll I'll send a link or something because people don't know about dana smith is just a badass photographer in his own right yeah every picture is dana yeah you're right he He doesn't fold it's always his touch yeah he has a voice 
Yeah. Um, but what kind of stuff were you shooting when you were there? Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I was a pain in the ass when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really struggled taking, um, like, I'm just, I'm just not good with authority. So I think they put up with me. <laughs> But I would, I would definitely do my own thing and within reason do the assignment, but sometimes not at all, yeah. you know. Um, I actually was there for documentary, and I was doing a documentary series on hardcore, which I grew up in the hardcore scene and the punk scene, so mm. that was a pretty easy thing for me. But yeah. I looked like this fucking psychotic wedding photographer because <laughs> I was shooting black and white film, yeah. medium format, <laughs> in a hardcore show with like this giant potato masher light yeah. on it and this, and shooting at F-16. So like the blast that it would put out would just like blind everybody, but I would take really cool pictures. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I remember Steve Sheffield, I think this is why he pushed me to Oh, no, that was another project. I wanted to do beauty. Interesting. So yeah, which is now what I do. So you always just kind of had that in the back of your mind, kind of. Mm-hmm, because I was a retoucher. Yeah. So, like, I know skin and hair like like no one else. That is interesting. You went from retouching, then you go to Nisop, you're shooting film, like this yeah. like, documentary. and Totally then, opposite. Yeah. In most people's directions. That's interesting. Yeah. What is it about, like, the beauty stuff you, you think you kind of attracted you to that, you think? I think because I, for me, retouching is just this meditative state. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoy being in that state. And I grew up with cystic acne. So, like, anything for me to, to figure out how to, like, clean up my own face in a photo and feel confident in myself, because I had no confidence, um, that was, like, a gift I could do for others. Like, I can, I can clean up your skin. Like, mm-hmm. I know what it's like to, like, yeah. not feel confident at all. So I just always enjoyed that. And then because I was also an illustrator, to me, it just still felt like I was creating and I could manipulate things, but I would never want it to feel manipulated. I wanted it to feel very natural. Yeah. But there would be little tweaks here and there, you know, like little nudges to create something else. <laughs> I, like, I like it. You go with the flow. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then I was in Dana's editorial class and my stuff looked super cinematic, like and this is actually something I'm trying really hard to bring back into my work because mm. I always, I did always want to be a film director. So my stuff felt already like a film still. And there was just so much emotion and story in each frame. And I, the more clients I keep getting and the more commercial work, and I'm very, very grateful. I'm not talking like this sucks, but you just don't have the time to create those kinds of images. Yeah. So I'm trying really, really hard to reel back my personal work to go back into the direction that I was beginning here with. Yeah, I saw you recently did a really cool project. Uh, it was a bunch of models. It was really colorful. I think you shot... That was the craziest thing I've ever done. Now, like you said, like that in itself, it, it felt like a movie in itself. Cool. What was that project? If you could explain it a little bit. Yeah, so the, the agency came to me um, asking to do... They, their creative was, we want to create four goddesses yep. that embellish um, the spring and summer solstice or like each solstice in spring and summer. And so I did all this research and like I'm already I'm already into that witchy shit anyway. So it's perfect for me. And I did all the research about, well, here's actual like in within folklore and religious things. Here's all these different goddesses that actually all align. So let's let's put them all together and and create something new from all of that. Yeah. And then um, 
and then we had to do it in studio. So, so the, we had to create four different worlds. So the client was it like a fashion brand or uh, what was the it? agency? Um, it was the agency's idea for a shoe brand. Oh, so it's like a like a like a pitch thing. Like they're kind of creating it to like pitch to a client, or or it's for it was already pitched. Yeah. So it's like for a shoe brand. Like it's, yeah, we create a whole campaign for a shoe brand off of this pretty otherworldly creative. Yeah, it looked pretty amazing. It, like Thanks. you said, it was like four setups. It was, and the thing I was curious about, it, it was really colorful. And, the most color I've ever had in my work. Yeah, it, fe- <laughs> it felt like a movie. And yeah. Was all of that shot in camera or was it some of it like... All in com- camera. Wow. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. some of it, I was like, oh, is this composite? I can't mm-hmm. really tell. Damn. There'd be like instances where like the fog didn't look perfect, but I could pull the fog from this yeah. spot and put in the same shot, mm. you know? But yeah, all that was in camera. We created a, a 25 by 16 foot moon yep. behind all the sets and then would change the lighting on it to look like a totally different moon space depending on the set we were shooting and from like insane from like conception to final images like how long do you work on a project like that for that was a month of planning um i hired black math they're fucking insanely talented yeah they're amazing they're so amazing and it was really exciting to have them do a stills job in that caliper um because i just knew with our minds combined like the amount of creative people in that agency to help me create these worlds, it'll take it to a whole other level. And for people listening, Black Math, they're a uh, production company in Boston. Mm-hmm. So they uh, primarily do motion, but they kind of helped you out on this. Yeah, um, they do a lot of animation and, and production, uh, broadcast stuff. But Yeah, amazing work. Was... What do they kind of bring to the table when you kind of like partner with them? Like what do they kind of help you out with on a shoot like that? They did all the backgrounds, the whole set design. Like I would throw in my ideas and then they would take them and then run with them. And, but still like... Um, it was still like a 50-50 in terms of like the beginning stages of input, but then everything they were creating was just like incredible. Like, yes, yeah. I say yes to all of this. <laughs> this is so awesome. And then they helped me uh, storyboard the film. They, we co-directed the film together. We did all the art direction of each shot that we were going to do. Normally with photography, you don't even do that. Like there's a there's an idea, but you don't have you don't exactly have every single shot planned out until the day of. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was cool to go into it because it was also like an insane shooting schedule. So, so we a, had to have everything planned. So that's kind of a different workflow from how you primarily work kind of. Yeah. A lot of times you just feel it out. Yep. And, but you also know that what you're getting into can, can manage like 16 looks in one day, feeling it out or is, whatever. Is that something you like now? You think you'll kind of work that way in the future more, you think, or? I don't know. Yeah. I think definitely if it's a bigger studio, mm. we, we were definitely confined in that studio. That's the only thing <laughs> that was hard. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but like, I always feel like the emotions happen and, and the ideas start happening once you actually see that person in that outfit in that area and then you just keep running with it and let it come to you as you're going and just just that's that's the art yeah. you know like and that's the collaboration between you and the model yeah and you and the location and that's the interesting thing about photography like you can have an idea in mind and you can plan all you want 
Um, but things things can change. Like when you're shooting, yeah. How how did you kind of were you happy with how everything came out with after that? Like from from start to finish, are you ha- like happy with how everything came out? Yeah, yeah. I'm always happy. We're actually shooting the next uh, uh, season in a week, so damn. I'm actually even more excited about that one. Cause big, big, big. We're going. Big. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be as big as that one. That one was insane. <laughs> there was a uh, the client actually counted, and she said there was 35 people on set. Damn. Like that's usually it's like, yeah. you know, like eight. Yeah. I remember seeing on your, on your Instagram story and the props and everything. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are they doing? So like <laughs> after each day, the set would come down and rebuild another one. Mm-hmm. And literally there was shoveling dirt and sand yep. in this, this, I don't know how big that studio was. Maybe it was 3000 square feet or something. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like. And and people that I know in town that were on it were like, I've never seen anything like this here in Boston. No, it was, so that was cool. No, it was awesome. And like, you know, one thing I was kind of curious about, like myself, I've never really shot like beauty or fashion or in that kind of realm. Um, but how important are like the hair and makeup people and like stylists when you're working on a project like that? Um, because there is so much detail. So important. Yeah. And like, how do you know like the right people to work with? Because I, I know, I think you worked with Casey uh, yep. Cor- uh, Corbell. Yeah. Uh, and amazing but yeah, like like I said, like how important are those that team in, uh, working on a project like that? You pick people based on what they can bring per the creative. Yeah. So like, and luckily the the client already worked with who I think would have been the best in town for this. Mm. So it was a no brainer. And me and Casey, I've, Casey is a huge part of my creativity. Me and her, it's just same thing as like my art director best friend. We're like a little psychic, you know. So like. Are, the ideas just flow out of each other and there's complete trust in one another. So every time a model came off set and she redid her and she stepped in, I was like, fuck yeah, that's amazing. Like, <laughs> of course she walks in and it's even more beautiful than the last look. Yeah. And she's she's just so, so creative. And there are other amazing yeah. makeup artists in town, but every- I don't know, there's something about our energy together. Yeah, like that's, I, I've been lucky, I worked there a couple of times and like she is, she's a pro, she's worked on so many things. Uh, and I think pe- people don't realize, they think like hair and makeup and it's just like, each of those people have their own style the mm-hmm. way a photographer does. Oh, yeah. And it took me a while to realize that working in this business, and I, I think for a long time I didn't give them those people the respect they deserve. Yeah. But they really are. Like, they take it just as serious as, like, we take our photography or video, yep. you know? Yep. Um, but, for sure. Yeah. Like, there's also, there's people that are, like, um, I mean, I, I always call Casey first, but, like, if, they're, if Casey's not involved or available, like, there are certain people like say it's just a lifestyle. Like I know who to call for that. They'll they'll bang it out. They'll be super fun to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can chit chat. And I feel like it's a family. Yeah, no matter it's like what. creating that environment on the yeah. set. Yeah, it's like it's people can yeah hang out. And know? I think like me and Casey work so good together because we have the same interests in so many things. Like even our weirdo things. Yeah. Like we're we're super into like. <laughs> you know, the, the astrological stuff and, and all of her witchy stuff. So, so I just trust the ideas that she walks in with. And then Janine also the same thing. Like she's a fucking powerhouse. She's been styling for 20 years. Yeah. 
And when she says she needs something, you just go get it because <laughs> she's going to really need it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And like when you're kind of working on those bigger productions, like I know you shoot all types of like advertising, you do editorial, you work your own personal projects. Um, they kind of take you a while to get used to working on those bigger productions because like you said, like on a shoot like that, you said there's like 35 people and everyone's looking to you because it's your name on the photos and you're the boss and you're mm-hmm. re- at the end of the day, you're the one c- controlling that um is that something you've always been comfortable with or you yeah 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 I guess I've always been good in front of crowds yeah yeah and I don't I well I did theater as a young kid so maybe that was the (laughs) first time I got used to it but even as a kid I used to make all the neighborhood kids make my tv shows with me (laughs) (laughs) I used to have like one of those camcorders you put on your shoulder (laughs) and I was like today we're going to talk about aliens <laughs> we would run around and throw like 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 saucers like a pizza pan type thing and pretend it was an alien yeah. and then to make some tv show like all improv about that heather's been the boss since the day one. yeah sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah not- i think that is definitely like an important thing depending on the scale i think it's his confidence yeah like if, if people really know that you're confident about what you're doing they'll they'll uh they'll be able to work with you you know because yep. they'll trust you yeah like if you're wavering like people they're gonna be like this guy doesn't know what he's doing yeah you know what i mean it's also learning how to have a really good game face like <laughs> shit could be falling apart <laughs> and you still gotta look like a soldier yeah <laughs> okay we got this blah 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 you know like but your face needs to read pure confidence yeah hey, you'll figure it, you, that's the thing you, you, there's will there's a way you'll figure your way out of it you know yeah exactly um, yeah be creative yeah definitely um i guess to go back we were kind of talking about nisop but oh yeah once you kind of get out of nisop how do you kind of get into photography did you end up assisting or did you go straight into shooting what was kind of your next step so kind of- i left nisop with the idea that i didn't give la it's full potential at when I was 18 and leaving it or 19 whatever it was and so I was like fuck this I'm gonna move to LA I'm gonna become a surfer and so (laughs) and well I mean I did surf already but I was like I just want that surf skate lifestyle because I would do that for fun and then I just emailed every single photographer I loved in LA yeah before I moved there and was like I want to come here I want to come here well I can I work for you here's my portfolio blah 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 and then a lot of people did respond to me. Like I did a pretty good job at Nisop coming out of there with a good portfolio. And I was already a, a web designer. So I had a good website, you yeah. know, before a lot of people had their own. Not, it was before Squarespace and it was easy. <laughs> 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 Shit was way harder to create. Um, and um, Art Brewer. Oh, yeah. He fucking, he's the man. Yeah, amazing photographer. You should interview him. Yeah, definitely. He has nuts stories. I'm sure. Like, guns put to his head by his own subjects. Like, really, really awesome shit. Yeah. Um, So, he's the one that responded the most, and I was the most drawn to his work. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I I just did anything I could to save up all summer. I was, like, doing catering jobs. I was doing any photography. I was, I actually shoot, like, the weirdest Craigslist photo things just to save up money to move to L.A. And then... I get there and Art couldn't hire me right away. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> and I just started trying to work for anyone. And I did have a stint with like a fashion photographer who just loved my retouching and he wanted to keep me. But I was like, you're not paying me enough. I'm not working here for you. And, and then finally I was like so annoyed that Art wasn't hiring me. And I was just like, I just, at that point, like I just didn't give a shit. Yeah. And I was like, Art, 
you told me you were going to hire me. I'm going to move back if you don't fucking hire me. And here's my retouching portfolio in case you don't know about it. <laughs> and then he replied, because he looked at the retouching, you could come in tomorrow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just didn't give a shit. Yeah. I was pretty ballsy. No, I think it's smart. I think it's the way you got to be in this business. You, gotta, you do. Cause yeah. It's, it's, it's so competitive, as you know, and it just gets more and more oversaturated by the day. Yeah. It's like you got to like this be, you, you got to be all in 100% and either people are going to like it or they're not going to yeah. like it. But I think uh, there's no like wavering. You got to right. go pedal to the metal right. and hopefully it works out. Like, like polish your skills as much as possible. Yeah. And then, yeah, you have to stand behind what confidence you have, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't be faking it because yeah. it's going to totally shine through if you actually can't com- complete what you're saying you can do. Yeah. Um, and then I started as I was like his third assistant and retoucher and then had to quickly and then there are all men around me. So then I had to, like, become better than all those dudes who had already been doing it for many years. Yeah. And then eventually he just hired me for everything. Like, I was his first assistant, his tech. So I became a super assistant at that point. And I would be driving him to the job in LA in this giant V8 Dodge Hemi with the (laughs) eight foot bed, like (laughs) the biggest truck ever. Here's this teeny tiny girl and then Art Brewer. (laughs) And then I'd light, put up all of his lights, light it. And sometimes he'd be like, you just light it how you want. And I was like, all right. And then he'd be talking to the client and come over and, it, and that also gave me so much confidence. Like, if this guy trusts me with it all... I like, must be doing something right. Yeah. 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 And at, at what point do you stop assisting? Yeah, you it's, know? it's a hard thing. So how long do you end up working for Art for? Art was for two years. Wow. And you worked with him pretty much exclusively? Yeah. Damn. And then I moved back. Here. And and it, I moved back during the recession. Damn. Yeah. I actually was not inspired by LA. Like, I thought I was going to be there and be like that surfer like skater person and chill the fuck out but yeah i was even more angry there because i can't stand traffic oh true true. (laughs) and you sit in your car for four hours out of the day and i don't do well in that environment yeah yeah that's another thing i was gonna ask you is like i mean i guess you did live in la like have you ever felt any pressure like we both live in the boston area Mm -hmm. do you feel like it's hindered you at all like you know as you know like so many people feel like they need to live in new york or i don't think you need to i think you should outgrow your place before you get there yeah like like say five years ago if i moved to new york i would have sunk yeah but because i built my name here and i built it with local brands and local agencies and some of these agencies like i've shot for stuff that's been all over the world Mm -hmm. and i'm really grateful that we have great ad agencies that gives you a portfolio here and then i could move to a place and feel more comfortable settling in yeah like i I still want to move to europe i don't know when that day's gonna come but i don't think it matters honestly like if you're putting out good work yeah and you're a above and beyond doing more interesting stuff than other people mm-hmm. art buyers photo editors whatever they're gonna see it oh yeah you're they're looking stick for out. It. the biggest example i can see um gary land uh, you he's know, amazing yeah this guy i interviewed him early on in the podcast go listen to it this guy is one of the most talented fucking photographers i've ever met in my life and he has a studio in Quincy, which is a small and it's suburb. A it's a dope studio. <laughs> I'm not, it's a dope studio. It's so dope. But what I'm trying to say is like that guy is like at the t- in terms yeah. of like advertising, he's the biggest. And yeah. he's Hands never down. he's never lived in any of those cities. Right. It's just, exactly. So I don't think it matters anymore because we live in the digital age. Yeah, it's, it's all about what you're producing yeah. and how you're approaching 
art buyers and everyone. Yeah. And it's also about your personality. Like you have to be someone you want to work with. Yeah. Say on a one day shoot or a multiple day shoot, like you actually need to have a personality. Yeah. It's all relationships. It's business. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like having a good portfolio is just like the, the entry card. Right. But then after that, it's like, like you said, like, can you talk to people? Right. Do they want to hang out with you? Because that's really what this business like, is. Do, are you like intelligent with your emotions? Like, are you going to all of a sudden throw a hissy fit because something doesn't go your way? Yeah. Word's going to spread, yeah. you know? So you got to be a calm person yeah. Yeah. under a lot of pressure and, and be able to handle criticism like a pro and not be hurt by it. And bring something to the table because these mm-hmm. art directors, a lot of times they have their idea but they're looking to you because you're a pro right. and, and you've worked on more jobs, mm-hmm. different stuff, and they want to have your take on it and help, and help them out with right. the project. You know, Like they pitch you the creative, but they ask you for your treatment because it's how are you going to do this? Yep. What's your your branding on this? Yeah. You know. Yeah, because that art director might only work on a few shoots a year or something. They're mm-hmm. looking for you who's shooting all the time. Right. Um, no, it's interesting. Right. How um, are you going to problem solve this crazy idea I got too? <laughs> exactly. That's why they're paying you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you move back out, out east and uh, you're done assisting. Like, how do you? Actually, I started. I was state assisting. State assisting. Yeah, here. it was just too hard. It was 2008. Like, yeah. it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even put gas in my car. I was so broke. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. No, yeah. But how do you kind of make the transition from assisting to shooting? Like, was there, like, a point where you kind there of... There was a point where I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So when I came back, I decided... Like, actually, there was a point where Gary Land asked me to be his retoucher. Wow. And I turned it down. Yeah. One, because I knew the work he was doing was too similar to what I want to do and I want I want to be me you know so it it sucked like I have so much respect for him yeah and I know it would have been amazing working with him but I just knew I have to go be Heather McGrath yeah you gotta go with your gut yeah 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 and um and so I started working for people that like product photographers like i i didn't even think i would ever get product jobs but i did end up getting product yeah, that's jobs. what i was gonna say that's the interesting thing about your yeah, website it's all it's over like, the place <laughs> but it all makes sense like yeah the product thing is that this kind of how you kind of got into that pretty much is no no yeah. well to me it was just like i'm gonna go work on sets that aren't gonna like you'll learn from them um, yeah exactly and i'm not gonna be like i wish i was shooting this because like in the beginning of your career everyone has that feeling and it's all their ego that they need to like get over. Yeah. So I was working for people whose work didn't seem anything like mine. I was going to learn. I was going to have fun. I was going to make money and I was helping them out. I, I think I can bring a lot to the table as your super assistant or retoucher or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people really trusted me and I'm really grateful for my time with them. But then it like one of the people I used to work for was Paul Saracino. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. I think he's such a sweetheart. I think he does great product stuff. The The day, I was already getting my studio with Adam Larson. So I was already transitioning out anyway. And I had this moment where I was walking down the street and someone from Toth was like, oh, hey, Heather. Oh, yeah, this is Heather. She's, she's Paul Saracino's worker. And I was like, that's fucking it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm Heather McGrath. Yeah. Put some respect on my name. I sent you promos. Like I am someone way yeah. more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, and it was like, I was already shooting and assisting. So it was just an easy transition of saying, that's it. I'm going to make less money for a while, but I'm not taking these jobs and mm. I'm going to open up space for me to be getting bigger gigs and yeah. and then it all just started coming yeah and I, it was actually my personal work 
like my work, I was making some series, um, I'm calling it like beauty in nature and I'm still figuring it out. But that work that I made got me major commercial work. Yeah. And I think when you're making work for yourself, it has, it has its own voice and it carries and people are going to hear it or see it yeah. and get touched by it. Yeah. Art directors don't give a shit about like the, a lot of those like boring ad, ad yeah. campaigns you end up shooting. Obviously. Like, yeah. Obviously they you can shoot it. Yeah. Obviously you can shoot it, but I think they want to see interesting work you do for yourself. Right. And the then on top shit. of that, see that you have experience shooting commercial jobs and that kind of like yep. verifies you can handle it. But like you said, same thing with me, like any photo I've ever shown anybody, like any commercial crap, like they don't really care. Cause a lot, a lot of times, I mean, it's just boring stuff. Not yeah. always, but you know what it is. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah. When I was uh, in Yosemite with my friend, she actually still has it on her story. And I'm like, oh God, I look terrible in that. But we made a joke about how when like the client says, can you shoot on white? Can we see examples of that? And you just want to like shoot yourself in the head. Like, of course I can shoot on white. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You know what it is? Like I used to get mad at that stuff, but now I get it because that person at that agency, they're only, they have to do that because their client, whatever the brand they're doing is Joe Schmo from Nebraska office who knows nothing about it. Right. They just need to see it already been done for reassurance. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. But yeah, it can get frustrating for sure. Totally. Um, Yeah. So that's what happened. Like then I was just like, fuck this. Yeah. And go for it. Go for it. And then, you know, I was sharing, I was sharing a studio actually with uh, my ex-boyfriend and then with our Adam Larson. So I was like, are you starting to like have that space to be creating beautiful work in? Yeah. And then now it's like just catapulted into what we have now. I've shared a studio with um five other people but yeah. it's a massive space parachute studios parachute check, studios. check it out if you want to rent it they <laughs> rent it in boston mass it's really good we have the telecycle <laughs> wall in boston <laughs> oh yeah true true um yeah i was gonna ask you about that parachute studios um i believe it was you with three other photographers mm-hmm. casey who's a makeup artist makeup artist um how did that kind of all come together so i lived across the hall for four years and I had a space in the South End for five, and I was not even looking for a new, bigger space. I was actually that summer deciding I'm going to move to Amsterdam finally. This is I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to work up the courage. I'm going to live alone in Amsterdam. <laughs> and I'm walking out my door, and it's like 10 o'clock at night, and I see the space that's across me is the biggest space in my building. And it's an artist's building. It's like the coolest fucking warehouse ever. Yep. And they have 36-foot ceilings in this space. And it was a sculptor living there for 30 years. Damn. So this is like everyone wants this space. And I see she's moving out. Yeah. And I just text the landlord immediately and was like, who's taking it? Ooh. And he was like, no one. Do you want it? I was like, yes, yes. Wow. I, I will make it work. Wow. So you took it before you even teamed up with all these other guys. Well, that's when I asked them. Oh, okay. I actually was thinking like at the time I totally could have afforded to take it all. But now I'm glad I didn't yeah, because it's really stupid. Yeah. Um, but uh i was like i was like guys do you want to make this major move like i know we're all happy in this little 1200 square foot space but just think about the possibilities and there was four of us in that space so we knew we needed to ask more people so that's when i asked nina because i was like we need a food photographer like let's make this interdisciplinary like stephanie does larson she's just beginning she's amazing this is going to elevate her and then we asked pat piasecki who's like the sweetest, most humble, 
like teddy bear of a dude. He's got the sweet jumps. Oh my God. <laughs> sweet jumps. He's fucking headbanging all over the place. Yeah. And he makes beautiful, beautiful work. So yeah. I was like, here we go. Like this it, is a family yeah. that we're creating. And I was like, there goes Amsterdam, but it's so smart. Um, because like, as you know, a lot of times, most photographers, they, they don't have that environment. You're, right. you're a one man band sitting in your, whatever you're working from home. You're working yeah. from some small, small studio. Um, what do you think you've kind of gotten out of it most like being, cause like you've created this environment. Um, and like how we were saying before, most of this businesses is based on relationships and you, mm-hmm. I would imagine being around all these guys, you probably probably help each other out yeah give, we help give, each other every day give referrals hey you should talk to so-and-so yep but what have you kind of like taken away from like partnering with all, all these people like well it's been a dream like i've had this dream for a long time of like sort of like when i was a designer i was obsessed with pentagram because pentagram was a multidisciplinary design firm in new york city and i was like god that'd be so cool if i ever had anything like that and my best friend dan who's in the studio as well he's a renderer and a designer so like what if dan and i had like this little little creative firm type deal but then parachute happened and it's like I can have that. I can have a place where everyone's nurturing each other and pushing each other and helping each other think outside the box, like problem solve everything on top of we party so well together. Like, yeah, that's another thing. We it's feel not like siblings. It's not even just you guys. It's you guys put on events like you just had one a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. The insane parachute party. Yeah, where it's a party and like uh, you kind of bring other people in uh, mm-hmm. that don't have that chance. So I think I think it's just really smart, you know? Yeah, I think just one Boston needs stuff like that. But and like I, I do just love the theatrics of those kinds of parties and like. I can be as wild as and crazy as possible and not give a fuck, even if my client's there. And it's finally a chance yeah. to be your full self. Yep. And and they're having a great time too. So it's a space where we can invite multiple people in, you know, and, and we could fully be ourselves because we're, we're not stuck up people. We're like the down and dirty kind of people. Like we're not posh in any fucking way. So... We want a space where everyone can feel like themselves. No, nah, it's awesome. Mad respect for sure. Thanks. Um, but like, yeah, like we go back, like you were talking about uh, kind of breaking away. What were kind of some of the first jobs you kind of started shooting once you finally made that decision to... Actually, North Bennett Street School was one of my first clients. And I, I remember my, my boyfriend at the time would be like, all you do is shoot hands doing things and like make fun of it. But I loved it. What was North Bennett? That's North like- Bennett Street School is a school that teaches like craftsmanship. It's the only school in the country like it. Like they teach you how to build pianos from scratch and how to make violins and woodworking and uh, jewelry making. So I grew up in a hardware store. And so like just being around the smells of metal and paint and varnish is so normal to me. I felt like this, this was keeping my integrity of who I am. Like I am the down and dirty kind of person who would get, who feels very comfortable, like in wood shavings, you know? (laughs) So that was, that was the best first project. And it was being done by an amazing design firm. Damn. Yeah. So I came up with really great tear sheets out of that. That's cool. Like how are you kind of getting your work out there when you first started? Oh, just word of mouth. Just word of mouth. Yeah, I did. Actually, this was cool. I remember making my first promo and it looked like it was just like a really skinny, long promo that looked like a bookmark. It could have been. It was just all I could afford. Mm -hmm. So I remember mailing one to Bicycling Magazine being like, Bicycling's going to hire me from this. (laughs) And then three years later, Bicycling hired me and I was like, hey, 
how did you find me? And she was like, oh, that promo you sent me. And I was like, three years ago? She's like, it's been sitting on my desk the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, what? That's amazing. You got to plant those seeds. Yeah. And that's all I wanted was bicycling to hire me from that one promo. And, and, and I made amazing pictures out of it. Damn. One of my favorite pictures ever I shot for them. Yeah. So that's I'm good. really grateful. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. I started out no money. So doing whatever I could. Like, I think I only mailed out 100 promos. And that was like 2008, you know, and then 2011, they finally hire me. Yeah, I don't think you have to get fancy with it. I think it's just mm-hmm. narrowing down who you want to work with and this being consistent with it, I think, a yeah. lot of times. But I don't know, a lot. Marketing, yeah. marketing's weird. Like, uh, do you spend a lot of time thinking about that these days? Like, do you yeah. do Yeah. Like, I just recently made a very expensive promo without considering how much time it takes to like get it out the door Shit, yeah. i was just like let's make a promo that could win design awards people forget about <laughs> postage that adds the up. postage <laughs> on each one is two stamps so it adds up. yeah yeah we're talking two thousand dollars in postage damn yeah that's crazy um yeah, I don't know. Marketing. Yeah, I think about that a little bit only because I was a designer. Yeah. Like, so I love a print piece that's beautiful. Yeah, no, it's definitely good. I, yeah. I, I probably should do more of it. And I think a couple weeks ago we were, we were kind of talking uh, via, like, uh, text or whatever, and you were talking about you, you started to kind of meet with some reps and things. Is, oh, yeah. Is, uh, have you worked with a rep before? Or is I that did have a rep for a minute. Actually, uh, Leonard Greco, who's also in town, oh. we had the same rep for a minute. Okay. It was a long time ago. It was literally 10 years ago, but she was this badass punk chick who I just felt so good about her representing me. Like she'd walk in looking half punk, half fancy and, you know, just be a good representation of who I am. Yeah. Um, and she was great. She didn't have the agency for a long time, but she had really good people on her roster. Mm-hmm. And that was my first intro. And I still want a rep. I'm still figuring that out. It's a hard thing. It's like finding mm-hmm. the right person to partner with. And I feel like they should actually come to you. Yeah, kind of, pretty much. Yeah. It, they should, you, they, well, at this point, there's not a lot of reps anymore. Like, and you don't actually need one yeah. fully. So the, what reps are there, like, they, they have a hard time filling the holes. Like, they've, they've got their people you really have to stand out and fit the hole that they're missing in their roster. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, you don't need a rep. Like if you're like shooting a lot of advertising, I think, mm-hmm. cause I mean, I've talked to, I've interviewed some art producers and they've straight up said they're like, yeah, we kind of prefer working with people that have a rep because it's like this buffer. It is like, a buffer. Like you get so emotional. The, yeah. Like they don't want to yeah. do Cause they, yeah. Like they just want to have like the business person and then yeah. it sucks. But like, yeah, I've talked to a lot of people and that's kind of what they say in, oh, terms, yeah. in the terms of advertising, but there's ways around it. Like I've, had like this kind of worked with reps that don't represent me, but then they'll come. Yeah, they can act. Yeah, they'll do it. Yep. And you, they get their cut or whatever. Yep. So I think that's great. Yeah, there's ways around it. Yeah, because uh, I mean, in the end, like you're just making more money without having a rep because they're not taking a cut. But however, they could be getting you jobs even more money than you thought you could be getting. Oh, definitely. So, And you're basically partnering with them for like their rolodex of right and their expertise and yeah how, like, you have your thing they yeah, have their experience their, their negotiation skills yeah that a lot of artists we don't have those <laughs> yeah, no, <I> <laughs> money's a very difficult thing to talk about yeah uh, and i've had to learn to to fight really hard for money yeah and and i'm grateful i've like 
yeah, it's tough because you want to shoot like a lot of the jobs, but then it's like sometimes you have to walk away because you can't give away it's, everything. For yes. Free. It's like the toughest thing. Like, totally. It's like, fuck, I wanted to shoot that. But it's right. like it, it, sometimes you just have to say no because then it just sets a precedent yeah. that, you, that you're going to give everything away. For and I don't want to be that person nah, ever, it's ever. Tough. And yeah. there's a lot of people who will just do it and do it for no money just to do it. And I just refuse. I'll be broke for a while before I do that. Yeah, people think it's like, oh, I'll get exposure. I'm like, nah. Fuck that. Exposure is not going to pay your bills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There'll be another job down the line. It's uh, yeah. It's tough, you know? Yeah, I actually got asked to go to Japan last year to shoot for this big name fashion. No, he's like an interior guy. Yeah. And I think his work is beautiful. I have worked with him with other uh, interior clients. I've I've done stuff for like some high end rug companies, like celebrities buy their rugs. So we I like make a good beautiful, rug. <laughs> yeah, beautiful rugs, and we would make beautiful images. and And it was like really cool to be asked to go to Japan and do this. But there's no fucking way I'll do it for free. Yeah, you can't. Do I it. don't care. I can send myself to Japan. Yeah, I can. I I've done it before. You know, like I don't need you to be saying I'm. You're helping. I'm helping you to buy you helping me type deal. Like yeah. I can help myself. Yeah. That's the thing. It gets frustrating. They're like, well, you get exposure and we'll, yeah. like, we'll tag you. And yeah. it's like, no, that never works. Or the, yeah. the worst is like, we'll get you. I've had like agencies like, we'll get you on the next one. It's like, nah, nah, yeah, nah. no, you never will. No, you never will. Cause you're, you're just always going to view me as the cheap guy yep. or like shoot that. So you just have to be like, no, but it's yep. like, you learn those lessons like early on. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's tough and (laughs) the best piece of advice i ever got actually was no matter what you work for for an agency or anyone that number is going to travel so don't go below a certain number because they're never going to hire you for more than that yeah they always just view you as that like Mm -hmm. tier yep um it sucks sucks. that's just the way it is yep and they're going to go to a new agency and they're going to bring that number with that agency even though they're asking you to shoot you know, like unlimited bio, give me the raws, full drive of everything yeah. for $3,000. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, because people don't realize, they'll be like, you have to look at your business as like uh, the days that you're not working. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, Majorly. That, that money's going to keep you going. Yeah. It's like you have to look at the whole year, not just like, oh, I'm going to get five grand. Five grand sounds great, but then right. you have to look at how, what's going to keep right. you going the rest of the year, you know? Right. And on top of that, like, I don't have retirement. No. I got to think about retirement. Yeah. I got to put, be putting this stuff into my numbers. Yeah. yeah I don't come from money. No. So I'm taking care of myself till I die, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that I've been starting to think more and more about that stuff now. Like, yeah. You, I didn't start thinking about it till I was in my 30s. Yeah. So. And you're like, oh shit, it's like a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm out of my 20s. Oh, fuck. Shit's going to get real soon. <laughs> uh, no, we're still young. But um, Oh, yeah. I'm young. It's okay. You know, one thing I kind of always ask people is like, did it kind of take you a while to find like your aesthetic or your photographic style like do you i've feel- been very lucky from the beginning i just sort of had that all right yeah it's a tough thing to find yeah uh, but yeah it's just i think that's why the teachers at nisa put up with me okay yeah You've- i was such a pain in the ass you can ask you should interview dana he will totally agree i'm gonna now i'm gonna <laughs> you should now. ring it up it'll be really funny but that's probably why you're good though is because you know what you want and i think mm-hmm. that's like the hardest thing it's a lot of times uh you know i've made these mistakes early on when i was starting like you try to like copy what other people are do or try to make work that you think is going to attract clients right but at the end of the day i think i've realized is like if you have a voice a point of view 
that's what's going to make it interesting. You, yeah. You're not just going to be stuck out in like the crowd, you know? And I see people all the time just looking like each other. Like, go try and do something different. Mm-hmm. And I think this is because I was an illustrator. So there was always an image in my head that I would have to draw. And I, I like, I couldn't not draw it. Yeah. So I think that just always came into photography. Like I always knew what I was going to shoot before I shot it. And I would always feel it in my gut when you got the shot. Like that's the best feeling. Sometimes you don't have that feeling though. And you're like, Oh, I hope something's good in there. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't feel nothing today. (laughs) No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Every job's different. Yeah. Uh, And I always, I do get annoyed. There are certain friends of mine who I, I watched them grow in their career and, and they're, they're successful, but they literally were just ripping off everything they already saw. Yeah. And they built a whole portfolio that looks just like everyone else's. Yeah. I think a lot of it is like, it gets weird. Like you start off as photography is just a thing of fun and it's mm-hmm. a hobby and you just do it for a passion. But then at some point when you start to make a career out of it and you have to pay your bills from it. Right. Then I think you can kind of like, I don't know if desperate's the right word, but you, you're like, how am I going to like utilize this tool to make money? Right. So what you do is you look at what other people are doing that is supposedly paying. Right. And then you kind of can get stuck in that trap. But I think it's like the people that really like go above and beyond and are extra like successful. It's like. They kind of just work through that and find their voice, you know, right. like I said, but it's tough because it's like at the end of the day, you got you to gotta make money. So right. I understand like why people do it. Yeah. And I've definitely done it myself. But yeah. It, I mean, it's like David LaChapelle is constantly just posting his art. Yep. It's all you see. He actually shoots tons and tons of advertising oh, yeah. that looks just like everyone else. Yep. But because he's paying his bills, too. And yep. that's OK. Yep. Yeah, but, but the, uh, what gets hard, I mean, I'm not rich. I don't have a studio manager. I don't have a, a personal assistant, you know. It's hard to, like, manage how much time it takes to create all that commercial stuff that's paying your bills yep. and then satisfy yourself. Yeah, it's tough. It's exhausting. It's tough, but you can do it. Yeah, um, the winter and the summer are usually the slower time, so that's, like, when you push that shit out of you. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, you know, one thing I was excited to talk to you about, I don't know if excited is the right word, but uh, <laughs> we were chatting like a couple weeks ago about like social media. Oh, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what's your take on Instagram and like all these social media? I know you use it, but like, like you said, what, what do you like or what don't you like about it? I guess. I, okay. So I remember when it first came out and I was just posting my normal life and I'm I'm always getting to debauchery, you know, like we're always partying and and going to shows and just being reckless kids, you know, even though I'm in my 30s. But um and I remember my friend who's a filmmaker, his name's Debs, I can call him out. He's amazing. He was like, "Heather, you got to clean up your Instagram. <laughs> there are art directors looking at your shit and it's just you drunk with your friends." And I was like, Fuck you, Stebs. <laughs> Fuck you. And then and then weeks went by and I was like, Stebs was right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not though. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know now. Yeah. So I did start taking it somewhat more seriously, but not I didn't want it to become obsessive. Yeah. And I think it's obsessive for a lot of people. I don't need a lot of recognition, to be honest. Like, I don't I don't search for it. I don't I don't give a shit. Mm. Um, I think my work will find its own audience. You and just want to make work. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to make art for yeah, me, and yeah. I, I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. So uh, while I've been searching for reps, that's been a big topic. It's every single rep said the same thing. Like, you need to be posting every day. 
And I'm like, oh, I haven't posted in three months. How's your, how's, <laughs> how's your engagement? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many followers are you at now? Yeah, yeah. And, and the fucking algorithm has fucked up everything anyway. So I also don't give a shit because you're not even seeing it. Mm. So I personally have been trying to utilize it because there are people there are people who are getting jobs just because they post so much oh just because you're constantly in people's faces even if they're not great yeah Uh, my friend a really successful photographer in new york no joke was bidding on a job like a real job against like some 17 year old kid like yeah who never shot commercially has had a large social media That's following what's fucked up. because advertising they don't they don't care a lot of, well they care but a lot of times they want to see if you have an audience or something yeah because yeah. it's marketing but right it's weird it gets weird right, but you you better be getting paid for reposting yeah. you know like you could be hiring me to shoot something but i may never post that because yeah. it's not me yep. and i'm not gonna be fake yeah. on instagram yeah and that's the thing we were talking about is like there's like this weird thing in photography and I've talked about it a little bit where everyone needs to like post like they're this so busy and yeah, just like yeah. crushing it. I hate that. And you know, I'm probably guilty of it too. Like I'll post the stuff I'm working on because I want to like, I guess share it. And mm-hmm. like you said, you're trying to market yourself, but there's this weird thing. Like, as you know, there's ups and downs in this business. Sometimes it's slow and I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it I think people should be more real about that, too. I'm trying to be. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know how it is. But, yeah, it's just like this weird balance of, like, obviously you want to get jobs. But then it's yeah. just, like, everyone knows that most people in this business, there's just a lot of ebbs and flows. And yeah. that, that's just the reality of yeah. this. Obviously, there's some people who probably are crushing it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I, it's such a weird thing because on my jobs, I'm too busy to even pick up my phone. Yeah. I don't think twice about how I need to share this unless something ridiculous is happening. <laughs> something awesome is happening. And oftentimes, like, it's a personal thing that I'm posting because we're shooting something personally. Yeah. And I am stoked on this. Oh, yeah, you should share. Yeah. yeah. But then there's people, like, I w- I've heard about certain people in town who will just be on their phone the whole time. And I'm like, I'm not going to hire that person. Yeah. I need you to be paying attention. 100%. So... Get off your fucking phone. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? And be here for me, and and yourself. Like you're, you don't want a bad name for yourself. Like you want to be constantly looking at what's happening and making sure your job is being done right. Yeah. But it, then there's people who are obsessed with it. Yeah. And I just, I've never been that person. Yeah, I think it's like, um, I'm not, I'm not bashing it completely because I think it is a good tool because I have been able to meet some cool people. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like trying to find a way to like utilize the, like these social media tools to like almost be creative with it. Right. And it's like an extension of like your creative creativity. There's a way to do it because there's certainly people that do interesting stuff. But like, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It is a weird thing. Yeah. Like. Like what we were talking about the other day on it when you were like, fuck, stop posting how yeah. cool your office is today. I hate, I hate, <laughs> I, hate I don't, I've always, I, I finally had a break. I just, it's like hashtag today's office. I'll probably people shit on me. That's okay. Whatever. But it's like, I never liked it because it's like, it just felt like it came across it as feels like, like arrogant. A, I'm so awesome. And it's almost like bashing people that work in an office. There ain't nothing wrong with That's working in an office. That's true, yeah. There ain't nothing wrong with working in an office. Yeah. If, if you got a fucking job and you're making money, hats yeah. off to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just respect people that work hard. And, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Even though the day before you posted that, I had posted a Today's Office. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. All right, well, but I was... I'm, a, I'm a dick. <laughs> uh 
No, no, no. I totally understand your perspective on it. Yeah. And like, even the only reason why I posted today's office was because I climbed up a dead tree trunk <laughs> amongst all these dead trees. I could have fallen at any point yeah. and been impaled yeah, like a yeah. vampire <laughs> <laughs> or turned like I, I, I could have died. Yeah. So I was like, this is pretty cool. Someone, all right, I'll let it someone take a video. I'll, I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I respect your care for the people who do actually have shitty nine to five and grinding and hating their day yeah you know that's work i, I respect yeah. it man yeah um a few more questions i'll let you go mm-hmm. um there's a cool project on your website it was uh the godfathers of hardcore oh yeah was that a personal project or what was no. what was that all about i actually need to finish posts i just redid my website that's what i thought i was like yeah. where'd all the photos go <laughs> and i'm still like putting up posts i can tell yeah I, I don't even have time for this but but after coming back from yosemite i was so inspired i was like fuck this i'm gonna make a new website <laughs> and so i'm slowly finishing it but um it's uh so the band agnostic front has been a hardcore band since oh, yeah. the 80s they're That's fucking big. amazing one of the biggest hardcore bands in the world and my good friend ian mcfarland who i do a lot of films with he directed it and he he asked me to do like the promotional stills on it on top of one day filling in for the cinematography because his cinematographer Jarvis, Anthony Jarvis, he's fucking amazing, just couldn't be there one day. So I did get to shoot an interview of Vinny that's wow. in the film. And it's been all over the world in film festivals and Showtime Damn. is hosting it like. It's, uh, it'll be on Showtime for two years, so anyone can watch that film. Yeah, this photo's cool. It's like this Jack dude who's got like who's tattoos everywhere. Who's like 60-something. Yeah, he's like... Yeah, badass motherfucker, <laughs> like Italian mobster. Yeah. He'll kill you. He's just like... Th- he's He actually thought I was crazy for going on that fire escape. He's like, I've lived here for 40 years. I will not go on that fire escape. And I was like, well, this is going to be a great shot. So yeah, I got yeah. him hanging out the window with a cigar in his mouth, yeah. looking tough. I was like, give me your Danny DeVito. Look really tough right now. No, I love which is natural on his face. No, they were cool photos. Thanks. I was like, I never. The guy seemed like a character out of like. Oh, a, he's a character. You <laughs> should Google or go on YouTube and look up Vinny Stigma for president. Yeah. And I think they shot this in like 2007. The funniest fucking videos about what he would do if he was president. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. And um. You yeah, know, Ian's an amazing director, and I'm really grateful. He's actually the one that got me to start doing cinema. What is it, the motion stuff, you you kind of want to keep working on more of those projects? Yeah, I'm actually still in the middle of a documentary about, um, it's a, it's about a study that's happening in Barbados. And I can't, I like went to Barbados this past summer and shot for 10 days. And the, I'm going to go back to Barbados again soon. And there's going to be a whole lot of in, interviews. Um, and I, so far I'm doing this alone. Which really fucking sucks. Yeah, that's, being a documentary filmmaker alone. That's really you need a tough. support team. Yeah, but it's just sort of like I did the first preliminary stages of filming, so then I can get funding for it. Okay. Um, so I'll, I can make a trailer, and and then I can get a real crew. We can go out there and finish it. But I've always wanted to be a director. I've just always had that point of view, and I've always seen things in motion. And the beginning stages was Ian McFarland pushing me to do cinematography. He was like, "Your shit already looks like cinema. Like, just do it." Yeah. So I DP'd his, uh, an interview with um, Jacob Bannon, who's the singer of Converge. And that's also my site. It's called Rungs in a Ladder. And so that I began as a documentary filmmaker, but now I'm getting commercial work, mm. you know, and I'm making like more fashion stuff, which is cool. And with those jobs, do you feel like, did you feel like you needed to learn like a new skill set? Because obviously there's like different technical mm-hmm. skills that go, or is it more, 
you're a director because you obviously you direct sets and then it's is it more of this kind of creating a team that can help you execute the things or is it how, how did it all well and i think no matter what level you're at going into filmmaking you should just start making things alone just so that you understand fully all the parts that it takes before you start assembling teams. Yeah. So that film with on Jacob Bannon was my first intro and I was so nervous, so nervous, but Ian just had my back and he was just like, you've got this. And then after like the two days of filming, I was like, I got this. <laughs> it's like baby, baby steps. Yeah. yeah, I could do this. So then I just started making my own things. And I started, at that point, was teaching myself editing. I do not think I'm a film editor. That's I a good hired risk. that out yeah, for yeah. everyone. Now that I've tried it myself, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't need to do everything. Like, I'll be the retoucher and the director. I'll, I'll do all the color grading. Like, I, I'm obsessed with color. Yeah. So those are the pieces I'll still maintain. But that's how I started doing it. I just started failing on my own mm-hmm. before failing commercially. I think that's really important. No, that's really smart. I agree. Yeah. And no. then meeting people that you feel like will bring who you are to the table and, and bring you another level. Like yeah. you guys push each other. Yeah. So I have, I have a couple of different teams that I call up. Yeah. Cause even if stuff. you're not like physically editing it, right. You can be working with the editor in the room and still like working together on it. Cause then they yeah. can help you execute it. Yeah. It's, I think it's smart. Like, it's a whole art in editing. Oh, like, I do not have that skill. Yeah, like all those things, like like we were saying before, like hair and makeup, like yep. they got their skill, their skill, and mm-hmm. that's how like you do those bigger productions. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you gotta start slow, yeah. work your way up. And, yeah. yeah, like I don't know how people just jump into motion yeah. at all. Yeah, it's a it's a completely different thing. I've said it, a and I times. loved that part of it because I was like, I've been doing photography for so long i've been in post for so long that it just felt like something new to learn and push myself yeah yeah yeah. i'm all about challenging myself no it's exciting yeah and uh i guess to wrap up like you've been doing this for a while what kind of keeps you excited about photography what kind of keeps you going and uh (laughs) anything you're hoping to work on in the future i guess (laughs) i actually so i really want to make a book i i really want to get more personal with my work and i want to make a book um, that started in 2012 or 13 and I'm calling it like beauty in nature because to me, I mean, the, our planet's dying or global warming's a real thing. Like shit's fucking falling apart in many ways. And I, I really want to focus on how beautiful I think our land is mm-hmm. on top of throwing in, it's a narrative about how I'm finding my femininity and I'm finding it through the land and through our planet. So it's like I'm the worst writer in the world, so it's really hard for me to just start writing about it. But I'm, that's like a big push I have personally nice. as a creator. Another, another challenge. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. overcome your fear of writing. Yeah. Yeah. No. But also creating. And I feel like I'm it's, it's the work that's been getting me all my commercial work. So keep it going, yeah. you know, and I'm actually really excited for this campaign I'm shooting next week because it's it's sort of the implements are already there. Like we're going to be in the desert Damn. with like amazing clothes. And, and I'm just, I'm so grateful that what I've been doing for myself is also finding ways of me making money yeah. through that. eye. takes time, but you can do oh, it such. Yeah. Do not ever give up on yourself <laughs> Yeah, and don't let anyone get in your way of yeah. what you're dreaming. Yeah. Do you ever have times where you doubted yourself ever? Um, I've had times where not, I didn't really, well, that's oh, a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It I, wasn't like, yeah, it's not that I doubted myself. It's that I felt 
pain in other places that I couldn't even go back to my work. Yeah. That's like what I'm getting through this past four years was like a depression over a loss that like meant the world to me. Like real life stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But it was directly related to my work. So it was really hard to like start going back and making the images for myself, but I'm overcoming it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So well, that's what in the lull's beginning. So I'm really excited. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'll show you pictures. Heather, well, can't thank you enough. Dude, was, thank was, you so much. This has been really cool. Yeah, it was really fun. And uh, for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work? Just heathermcgrath.com. Cool. And Instagram too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link it to you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> thank you. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. I actually want to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. Uh, PicDrop's a really great tool for when you need to send off those files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you have. Um, for me, I've been using it a little over a month now, and it's just kind of helped me keep my files organized in one spot. And it's really easy to use. My clients can actually like write notes on the photos and rate them. Um, for years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. Um, but with PicDrop, it was actually designed by a photographer, so they really understand what photographers need. And like I said, I've really been enjoying it. Um, so with today's podcast, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. Um, so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. Like I said, I've been enjoying it and I use it every day. Um, and remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. And also, it's got to give a big thank you to our guest, Heather McGrath. A uh, real pleasure talking to her. I've been following her work for years and really enjoy this, her enthusiasm for photography. She's always shooting. Um, so definitely go check out her website, heathermcgrath.com, as well as her Instagram, at heathermcgrath. Lots of cool work up there. She's constantly updating it. Um, so, yeah, I can't thank her enough. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.